You're now listening to The Electrical Current, a podcast series brought to you by the independent electrical contractors. Welcome to the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. I'm your host for the show, IEC National CEO, Spencer Villalock. During this podcast series, we'll talk with folks throughout America that help to make the electrical and systems contracting industry truly great. Today, our featured guest is George Fess. George has had a long career in the electrical industry. As president of Fess Electric in the great state of Missouri, he and his company worked on a number of challenging projects. He's a fervent supporter of Merit Shop and the IEC, and George has been active with IEC on the local and national front throughout the years. He's passionate about the education of our apprentices and currently serves as the chairman of the IEC National Apprenticeship and Training Committee. I could go on and on, but would like to stop there and launch our podcast conversation so we can hear more from the man himself. George Sess, thanks for being with us today, and welcome to the IEC National Podcast, The Electrical Current. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Excellent, excellent. What, uh, what's the weather like in uh, in Missouri today? A little chilly and rainy. A little chilly and rainy. Which is normal for this time of the year. Change the season, yeah. Is it, is it muddy out there on the farm? Oh, yeah. I had to lock the horse up, otherwise I wouldn't have a pasture. Yep. <laughs> understood, understood. Well, hopefully, hopefully, uh, yeah, the, the rain will, will subside a little bit and you'll have a little bit more of, uh, of fall enjoyable weather um, here soon. But, but yeah, again, appreciate you taking the time to, to share a little bit about, about your story with us today, George, and, and look forward to chatting with you. Um, why, don't, why don't we start... First, with with telling us a little bit about um, you know, where where did you grow up? Are you are you a Missouri guy originally, or you know where you came from, and and uh, kind of how how you got in the electrical trade? Well, I was born in Belleville, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, father came out of service. We moved to Jefferson Barracks, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was down there until about the age of two, and then we moved up uh, just uh, the southwest runway of the uh, of the current airport in, in St. Louis. Really? I was there until I went into service in uh, 1964. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on submarines for, uh, from, well, I went into service and a bunch of schooling and uh, eventually ended up on submarines, but I served until 1971 and came out of, uh, came out of service, uh, punched a press for uh, about six months, got laid off at Christmas time, went to work at a piston ring factory. Uh, worked, uh, worked as a uh, production operator, uh, was short lived. I moved from there to, uh, to a second shift foreman and then progressed to a, uh, to the production control supervisor. Mm-hmm. I left there in about 1979 and, uh, opened up, uh, P&G Construction. Uh, worked at that for quite a few years. Um, Basically, the, my entrance into the, the electrical industry is quite happenstance. Uh, mm-hmm. I got caught doing electrical work by the now chief electrical inspector of, of St. Louis County, huh. and he says, well, you, 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 you do nice work, but you don't have a permit. <laughs> so I had to go out and find somebody to cover, uh, which I found a gentleman that, that would, and he says, you know, you're wasting your time with this other stuff. He says, you're a pretty good electrician. Hmm. And uh, so we started doing work with him, and eventually I bought his company out, hmm. and 
thus came uh, that's electric and been there ever since. So wow, that's pretty much that, that, that in a nutshell. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Interesting. So, so caught by the electrical inspector doing some electrical work. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those deals where, uh, where a house had half burnt down and I went in, did all the construction, all the plumbing, yeah. all the, all the electrical and ran the wire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Back then I was young and stupid and yeah. I did everything and, uh, I did pretty good work apparently. Yeah. So like I say, the, the, to, to the guy now is the chief electrical inspector, and he right. thought it was pretty good. And he thought, well, you know what? And I'm not going to give you too much problems. Just get somebody to to sign off on this. And yeah. like I say, yeah. it worked out. That's great. That's great. The, the rest is history, as they say. So, yep. Interesting. Well, let's, I want to go back to you. Yeah, you mentioned. So, yeah, you you served our country in, in from 1964 to 1971. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and and so and you and you know we we're, we are you know at IEC you know we are very focused and and uh, um, on on uh, and, and have a tremendous amount of gratitude on on those that serve the country. So you know thank you, thank you wholeheartedly for your service um, to to the United States of America. And um, but I'm, I'm curious too on on uh, submarines. Tell us a little bit about your work on submarines. That's unusual post. Well. When I went into service, I actually went in for underwater demolition team. Lo and behold, I didn't realize that uh, the recruiter had uh, talked me into uh, uh, nuclear power. Well, once I signed up for the nuclear power portion of it, the underwater demolition team just went right out the window. Wow. So uh, I went in as as an electronics technician. But I, I dabbled around with radios and televisions at the time. And uh, in boot camp, they gave me a choice of four options, and none of them was electronics technician. So I became a machinist mate. Mm-hmm. So I uh, trained at A school and submarine school and diesel school and uh, everything else. So I was uh, uh, what we called after frame 52, which is the, the, the dividing mark in the submarine where nuclear power started in the, in the front end of the ship, which was mm-hmm. non-nuclear, uh, a demarcation line. Mm-hmm. Um, so while there, I, I, I served as a, as a uh, machinist. Uh, basically, we operated uh, all the steam plants, anything that was mechanical that had to do with the propulsion. And uh, when I got out, I was uh, I left there as the uh, leading engineer in the in the engine room. I was the engine room supervisor. I was also the leading diver. We carried three divers on board uh, for security when we went overseas, and I was the leading welder. Hmm. So, wow, wow! And I probably would have stayed if I wouldn't have been married. But uh, submarine life was uh, not conducive to marriage. Understood. Understood. And you were you were married during that time in the service, or did you get married while you were in the service? I got married while I was in the service. Uh, mm-hmm. I was coming out of uh, out of uh, nuclear power school. Was uh, got married. Uh, went down to welding school, and then uh, six months later, I ended up over in Pearl Harbor and aboard ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. And were you were you stationed? You, you were you stationed in different, several different areas throughout that period of time, and well, you... I, I moved I moved from school to school. 
um, you know, while I was while I was uh, uh, training. But uh, once I got to Pearl Harbor, I was stationed at Pearl Harbor, and uh, I was actually on what they you're probably too young for this, a Thresher class submarine. Uh, we were the number three boat in that class. Of course, uh, if the older people will recognize that the Thresher on her maiden voyage went out for uh, tests and she imploded and then exploded. Mm-hmm. So we had what they called the uh, Thresher modifications mm-hmm. where they came back and they put double hull valves in and uh, the, we were welded instead of silver braised and uh, we went from uh, negative buoyancy to a neutral buoyancy stance and mm-hmm. uh, there's all the modifications to make sure that the thresher never happened again. Yeah. But wow. uh, you know, we were part of a I forget it was the thresher, the barb, the plunger, the and the permit, I think was the was the whole class that we were in. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Wow. It's yeah, I, I find it fascinating. Well, I've only had the opportunity to be, you know, to take a tour through submarine, and it was docks um, on two different occasions in my life. And and um, just thinking through, just you know, I visualize when you're on there, you you understand the, the space and the economy of space that's there, and and you've you've got to have a living, working. Um, you know, sub and, and and a living, working, you know, functioning tool under there with with all these folks. Um, I I just yeah, it's, it's you got to have just amazing um, relationships that you develop during that period of time with the the folks that you served with. I would imagine, right? It's a it's a very uh, tight knit community. Um, it's it, it's ironic, but you you'll go places and. Um, Self sailors are, are kind of unique. You'll generally recognize a, a pattern with somebody and uh you know, you you'll, you'll strike up a conversation and mm-hmm. lo and behold they they were a sub sailor. Huh. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. You know, when, when you were talking about this uh your your time in service too, George, it, it all of a sudden jumped in my head. The first time that, that we really had a uh, a conversation, you and I, was actually in New Orleans when we were there a couple years ago and they've got um, that terrific, it's the World War II Museum that's there, if you remember that. And, and I think you were with, with, uh, John Sane kind of touring around, and I'd, I'd gone over there with, uh, with Mark Gillespie and, and, uh, David Hittinger, um, both from Cincinnati, yeah. and, and ran into you, and, and just, I, you know, my jaw was dragging through the whole, the whole hall there in, in their museum, but, but, um, I remember, yeah, having a conversation with you about your service. There and I think yeah that was that was the first time I'd, I'd uh, that we'd really had a, a, a more of, more than just a hello how are you um, type of thing in uh, in our tenure together here at IEC so interesting interesting even even that even that yeah that 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 experience helped to create a relationship hmm. cool um, tell me tell me a little bit about um, your, your engagement within IEC and and uh, you know, when when you were at, uh, you know, when when you guys were full bore at, at your company, um, you know, and, and and maybe benefits that you see IEC that gives back to the industry, and and what really keeps you passionate about um, serving uh, in, in the volunteer capacity at, at IEC in general. Well, when I started in IEC, which was back in 1988, when the St. Louis chapter first formed, um, I was one of the original members. Uh, they got that going, and back then, IEC National was actually run by a 
management company, and the uh, the guy that was in basically in your job at that point was a guy by the name of Skip McCombs. And uh, the my first convention was uh, the one down in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, basically, uh, what I found in the beginning is that Number one, it was a, a great group of people to be around. Um, they back then it was uh, the contractors were very much involved. Uh, it was a contractor organization, um, and uh, you know you, you basically you, you built up your friendships and and what have you over a period of time. I was very interested in training. I was the, on the first uh, uh, apprenticeship committees here in St. Louis, and then I stayed, uh, eventually worked into where I was running the apprenticeship. Um, uh, I was a apprenticeship chair, you know, in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and I did that for a lot of years until uh, I moved on to, I was president for three years. But over the period of time is that that, that training and, and trying to make a difference in training and, and uh, trying to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to take those little mines of mush and, and, and create electricians out of them, uh, got to be kind of a kind of a challenge. Yeah. And uh, it was always great that you always had that that one guy, the one guy that would come back at the end of a year and say, you know, I recognize what you guys are doing, and I recognize that if you didn't do it, I wouldn't be here. Right. And right. they want to be our electricians, and they go on to be our contractors. And mm-hmm. uh, I look back, and some of the guys that are members of uh, of uh, the St. Louis chapter right now were students way back when. So that's always been a love of mine is the is the apprenticeship program, and that's why I pretty much stayed in the apprenticeship uh, all my years in uh, in IEC. Right, right. Want to create you know that that satisfaction of of um, getting yeah of, of taking our world class curriculum that's been you know, thought through methodically and developed and honed and, and and improved upon every step of the way through the years um, to be able to re- roll that out and and teach and instruct a young person that's just coming into the trade and just starting their career path and and um, given that opportunity to be able to learn from from the best and and to take that and and it, it changes their lives if if they dedicate the, to the hard work and, and um, opportunity that's within the trade. Tremendously rewarding, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, it's one thing that, that the independent contractor doesn't have. Uh, most of our contractors in St. Louis came from the union side. We're, we're, we were local ones. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then most of them would go back uh, to the union if they would get rid of the hiring hall and if they would get rid of the uh, – the um uh, their, their, their 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 work um I don't know what I want to say the mm-hmm. oh they're any rate their yeah. their rules and regulations on the job as far as sure. as far as you know who can do what work and how much right. work you can do and that type of stuff. So basically uh that's what the IEC gave to those people. A lot of them came out of, like I say, they came out of the, the, the union background. Mm-hmm. And uh, being in St. Louis, you fight the union basically every day. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's not so much because uh, IEC St. Louis is established, and the IEC is established, so it's not as big a fight as as 
what it used to be. But I can remember on jobs where uh, you were threatened uh, to sabotage, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, you know, people didn't find that, uh, you know, with the fellow IEC contractors. Most of us never even knew each other until uh, we started meeting in order to form IEC. Uh, we knew of each other, but we never knew each other. And uh, that, that bond there, uh, I, you know, cemented a lot of good friends uh, just in that period of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And IEC helps, yeah, to, to be able to come together for mutual goals of, of um, you know, everything that, yeah, to advance the marriage shop electrical contractor, everything from representation through to, you know, apprenticeship training and, and yeah, sharing you know sharing that that commonality that we all have and, and strengthening the community of contractors together. If if you participate, you will get great great benefits from it. It's it's a really huge huge return on investment, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And and, and you, know, you keep coming back year after year, so you keep getting the returns. It sounds like. <laughs> well, I, I've been. To be quite honest about it, I've been retired for 24 years now. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, my coming back is because I like what I'm doing. I, I like the I like the industry. I like the people. I've got a lot of good friends, and as long as I feel that I'm making a difference, then I'll keep coming back as long as they have me. So, yeah. it's it, it's one of those things that you know sooner or later the candle's going to burn out. But uh, uh, there's uh, I, I, I have a good committee right now. Um, the the committee has gotten better over the years. Um, I think one thing that we're doing right now that, that is, that's a little bit different than what we've done before is everybody's got a job. Uh, you back out of the way, let them do their job, and uh, you set the bar. And uh, I've always found that even with the apprentices, if you set the bar, they will attain it. Uh, I try to set the bar for the uh, committee. And uh, the committee always amazes me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think I think yeah. In recent years, we've we've helped to create a lot of structure and foundation for success within A and T, haven't we? Yeah, that's that's uh, you know we we're going to be talking later today about uh, you know the national manual procedures that uh, we've put together an A and T manual procedures. Uh, the one thing that is uh, quite telling is that. Uh, the apprentice of the year, back when I started apprentice of the year was back in yeah. the early 90s. And, uh, boy, have we come a long way from, from then. Mm-hmm. Now we have, uh, our own little manual procedures that was put together by, by the group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they ran by us this year. And I think everybody will, will pretty much tell you that we, we ran fairly smoothly. There was, yeah. you know, you always have a little glitch here or there, but, uh, for the most part, um, this was a very well run um, uh, year, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, in, in yeah. the apprenticeship. Absolutely, absolutely, and, it, and I think that yeah, that you, you hit the nail right on the head. Is I think that that's you know, with, of giving the the committee the structure to succeed. That's been part of our our growth as an organization, and, and as as you know, the economy has been strong, and, and we've taken on. You know more more goals and and more aspirations to be able to then serve you know the changing needs of the contractors and and uh, you know the growing number of students in our in our training centers across the country um, providing the structure for success 
is that that one example that you just gave on is is a perfect one right there, George. That uh, the, yeah, the Apprentice of the Year competition, which you know we we had a lot of institutional knowledge, you know, knowledge, a lot of knowledge in 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 the minds of several people and several volunteers throughout the course of time that then we're able to execute on that. But we realized that you know that that uh, that that when somebody retires or steps away or or what have you, and, and some of that knowledge goes, then that that uh, jeopardizes our success. So we need to document all that down, create process and procedure to it, to be able to make sure that you know the legacy continues. It's IEC is bigger than any one individual or any any group of individuals. It's a it's a giant community of uh, and giant industry that um, that I think yeah that you know and, and you've you've really carried that torch within. A&T in the last couple of years to be able to help create that structure, and it and it paid off, you know, with, in, in a lot of ways. And, and what we saw in, in this one example of, of the Apprentice of the Year competition at the last uh, last event went over, went over without a hitch, didn't it? Yeah, it, it it went it went really well. And my one admonishment to them this year yeah. is start yeah. training your replacement. We, we've got this thing figured out. Now it's time to start training your replacement. You know. You know, we, we've had years where, and, and this year also, uh, Dave Gilson was unable to attend because uh, his wife had a medical problem. Mm-hmm. So uh, we needed to step up and uh, have somebody that, that could step in there and do what Dave uh, had done in the, in the past. And like I say, by cross-training in this group and, and, and having a, a, a larger group than just a one-man show, Mm-hmm. Uh, we're able to carry these things off uh, pretty much without a hitch. Mm-hmm. There's some behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't see, but uh, for the most part, uh, it, it, it went really well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the the behind-the-scenes stuff of you know the when we the professionals see that yeah, like oh we screwed that one up, but you know <laughs> we we're quick to recover whether that be a, a box that didn't arrive or we need to make a, a trip on site or. Or something. Those are the the behind the scenes pieces that uh, yeah we try to roll with the punches, and it's inevitable. You know, within everything in life, even the the best plans and the best uh, engineered plans, the execution always presents some challenges that we need to be quick on our feet, don't we? Yeah, like I say, you got a group and 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 other jobs, and they adapted. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Um, where where do you see this industry moving in the next few years, and, and maybe even specifically from um, you know some initiatives that from that from the education side of IEC and, and how how you see A and T focusing to meet some of those needs? And I like you know for example, there's there's been a huge focus of developing more digital content like on the, the CMS system um, to be able to you know hit today's learners and the changing needs and Enhance everything that we do within our curriculum, but um, where, where's where's the industry going, and how do we how do we keep up with it? Well, uh, I think the limited energy is is mm-hmm. going to probably uh, hopefully we're not too far behind the curve on that. Uh, we're trying to, to to do a catch up, but I think that that limited energy piece is going to come in, and uh, the electrical contractor of today that. It doesn't get in step with that is going to probably find a lot of his work is going to be moved aside. Uh, the limited energy guys are going to come in there. 
So uh, we're kind of focusing and trying to get that side of uh, A&T uh, in, the, in the position. Uh, we've got uh, uh, two outlines already of, of courses that we're going to offer, and we're planning on uh, moving the, as we produce these courses. Eventually, that will become an apprenticeship program. Um, it's uh, trying to get the, the the backing of doing the limited energy is kind of tough with the electrical mm-hmm. side of our group. Uh, there's not a lot of people doing that, but uh, there's a lot of people screaming for it now. So uh, I, I think that, the, that that's where we're going to have to start moving, uh, which, like I say, we're, we're a little bit behind times on that, but uh, we're going to try to try to do some, some catch-up. Mm-hmm. I think that the training coming out of the high school, uh, this new worker that we're working on right now, mm-hmm. is going to be fundamental. I, I, yeah. I hear more and more people as we talk about it saying, yeah, we really need that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, we're going to be focusing on the new worker and cranking that out as fast as we can get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, here again, it's, 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 it's time, it's volunteers, it's development, and I, I don't think people really – uh, see all the trials and tribulations that we go through trying to trying to get something out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Most right. committees in AC, there's not a lot of deadline to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, A and T is always on a deadline. We're either mm-hmm. on a deadline for the uh, publisher, or we're on a deadline uh, because of the code cycle, or we're on a deadline for this, that, or the other thing, and. Uh, mm-hmm. We're, we've, we've expanded our, our scope of the A&T committee. It's made up of 11 voting members, mm-hmm. but now we do have uh, affiliates that we put in there, and we've, uh, we're starting to utilize uh, some of those to kind of augment what's going on uh, in right. A&T. Yeah. And they actually sit on the committee, but they're a non-voting member of the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I think that's really misunderstood is that uh, that AT committee is, has got a pretty broad spectrum. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's multiple chapters that, is, uh, that are identified on the AT committee. There's multiple regions that are identified on that AT committee. And, uh, the one thing that I ask of the committee is that, uh, put away your, your, your biases. Uh, everybody's got a bias. Mm-hmm. You come in and you do the work that's needed to be done for, uh, for the national audience. So. Right. So basically, uh, I, I, where I see is I, I think that the role of the AMP committee is going to get expanded because we're going to get pushed to do bigger and better and more things. Mm-hmm. Um, limited energy is one of them. New workers the other. Um, sometime down the road, they're talking about you know getting getting this college thing going. Uh, like I tell my people, I, I I can't focus on that right now. I've got too many other irons in the fire that. Uh, that are more important than, than the, than the college deal. The college deal is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got what, I think it's 41 hours now that, uh, accreditation from that's, ACE. That's correct. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so it's just a matter of, of putting some, um, some other courses and there's an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. And really right now the, the, the local chapters can do that. They can they can go to their local community colleges and and put together a program and then have that college program if they really want it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Well, that, yeah, and, and well, yeah, you, you, you 
I think you really yeah hit the nail on the head on a lot of things there, George. And and um, you know on that on that one in particular too, it's it's you know that that accreditation and accredited programs and then are accredited institutions, which mean schools, individual schools. In our case at IEC, that translates to individual chapters. So those are the those are the bodies that then become accredited. And there's only there's only so much we can do from the national level to be able to help you know, roll out that red carpet and and um, and to be able to create that, but they've got a lot more flexibility at the chapter level to be able to then um, take what's what's there, work within their local jurisdictions to be able to try and get to that that goal line as well. You know, and that's that's always been some of the the inherent you know flexibility within IEC too is is that, and it, it goes to some of the other things that you mentioned too that you that well that, let me finish that thought. The um, yeah, the chapters have a lot of flexibility to be able to then. They understand their their local regulatory environment. They understand their local uh, um, you know, economic environment, what the local demands are, what their contractors are seeing from them. They got they're a bit more nimble to be able to help to put something together on the ground level, and help those those contractors to be able to fulfill those needs. They can turn a bit more on a dime than than you know exactly what you said on, on the national level. It's a different scope. It, it's and, and we got a very diverse group, you know, within A&T that is focused on these educational products, trying to, um, you know, bring in this diverse group that is, is looking in the best interest. And as you said, you know, everybody's got a bias. All human beings have biases. It's the, the lens that we look at through the world has is, is got our own, you know, grit and grime and everything from our own experience. But what we're saying, try and clean that off and look at what's, what's in, at the best interest of the entire association as a whole and that that's part of what then extends some of our timelines as well right because it you know what what happens in st louis is different than the regulatory environment or what the demands are in in uh, uh you know dallas texas for example and and we try to take into account you know how do we how do we you know, hit the most birds with one stone, so to speak, from what we can do at the national level, but knowing that then there's, there's, you know, it's, it's not a one size fits all. Um, even if the science is the same, the mathematics is the same, and, and, and the, the products that we're dealing with are, are the same, but there's all the local flavors and all the local nuances that are out there that, um, make our job from the national level, um, much more complex. Than, than the local level, so it, it can be perceived, I think, from a um, from a chapter perspective or even a, a local contractor perspective of like, this is what I need, just get it done. And it's like, well, we, we need to hit pause and take into account so many different perspectives um, to be able to do the work. We want to do it right the first time and, and to be able to then hit as many birds with that one stone that we got. Um, each time, so you know we need to be cautious and yeah, have, don't don't have those biases and have the open mind and figure out how do we do it. And that's no easy task, is it? <laughs> no. And one of one of our one of our major um, uh, transitions that we're trying to make right now yeah. is up until uh, recent, uh, we've always relied on volunteers. Um, we we pretty much taxed our volunteers uh, about as far as we can tax them. Uh, we have to start figuring out, as an association, uh, how we're going to start uh, paying 
uh, writers uh, to start producing our stuff. Uh, number one, we can't keep up with it with, with the volunteers. There's just no way. Uh, I think we're we, we we finally come to that conclusion that uh, um, people have jobs. They've got other things that they're doing, and uh, you know they they just don't have the time to devote uh, what we need as fast as we need to crank some of this stuff out. Right. So I think it's one of our transitions that we're making. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a slow process. Uh, you know, we're going from uh, not having any writers to going out and trying to locate these people. Right. And, uh, you know, trying to figure out what incentive we need and how we structure that right. in order to get something coming back in. All the while, uh, you know, from the from the contractor standpoint, the chapter standpoint, uh, we want this stuff and we want it now. So yep. it's it's a it's a balancing act. It is. It is. You're right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But but we have we've made a lot of progress in in the last year and a half or so on yeah finally owning that piece that our volunteers, the IEC had long been leaning on our volunteers to go from cradle to grave with a product, an educational product. You need to be the research and development team, the R&D team, to come up with the concepts, the idea, the scope of work. Then you got to figure out who, who we're, who's going to roll up the sleeves and volunteer to be able to then do this work and, and write the curriculum, and we'll slide a couple of pieces under the, under the, uh, you know, the door that we lock you in that room. And, and then, and then out comes the curriculum piece. And then we got updates that need to happen out of some continual work. Cycle, and that's a tall ask for um, today's world and today's changing world and demands for for a volunteer piece. And it's, I think, the association. Um, I think we, we're a bit late um, to recognizing that, but now and now we're playing catch up with that too. Of we need to have subject matter experts that help to um, take the scope of work that's developed by our our uh, expert volunteers. But then, then we put them, either they are staff members or, or contractual um, authors. We give them that scope, and we have timelines and deadlines to be able to then work to bring that product to market and satisfy those the, that balancing act of competing priorities the best that we can in the shortest amount of time, but yet being responsible as stewards of this business of running an association and, and I, I think we've had some, some success with it as we've gotten started on that, and, and I know that yeah, we're continuing to, to seek out those, those authors, those subject matter experts. But, it's, but that's a challenge, you know, too, as, as you, you aptly put, that, um, that, that they don't just grow on trees, and, and that, um, to do that to do it the IEC way and to do it the, the, with the, the level of, of quality and, and accuracy and, that we're looking for, then we need to do our due diligence and, and get to know some of these these authors as well. So that that also is an investment of, of time and resources, um, so that we can at the end of the day, once we get those those books put, published and that product to be able to put out there, that we can uh, be assured that it's the best possible thing that we could have done and and um, that's what IEC is dedicated to. So it's it's cool this evolution and and where we're headed. And uh, and um, I think your yeah your your uh, your hand in leadership on E and T has, has helped to drive us that way in the last few years, George, and helped to give us the the structures um, that we didn't have 
you know, historically and, and give us perspective that we didn't necessarily have historically um, and, and evolve, I guess, evolve on our perspectives and our our, our uh, processes to be able to help get us to where we are now and looking into the future and taking on new products. Like, yeah, the new worker program, which, you know, is, is, you know, some people would consider also a pre-apprenticeship type of program of, of helping to encourage and give the skills to uh, young people entering the trade or um, folks that are getting in to get them up to speed as, as quickly as we can. So some exciting stuff going on. It's, it's not a problem. Yeah, it's, it, but it's, it's not a dull moment. And, and you're, you, you, you said you're retired and I, I don't believe you because we, <laughs> you're, you're busting your butt, uh, to be able to help push this thing forward, aren't you? Well, this was your prior to call. You know, it's like I got a a, a job. It's 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 it's, a, it's 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 almost getting to be a full time employment with 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 no pay. So right, right. And, and that's one of the problems that, that that's one of the problems that we're going to have in the future is that mm-hmm. as A and T grows, and I strictly look at the, this association from a very narrow viewpoint, and that's A and T. That's that's my passion. But as A&T grows, um, the demands of the chairman um, is going to get more and more. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's never going to be a, a pay job because I really think that it has to be run by a contractor. Mm-hmm. I think this is a contractor's association. I've always believed that. Uh, we've had our periods in, in history where um, – uh, it's gotten turned over to, to you know to staff and and to uh, you know chapter staff and national staff and what have you and the contractors have kind of backed out and I I think that's probably one of our problems right now that uh, we're we don't have a lot of participation from contractors contractors have backed away from it and uh, that's something that we have to start getting the contractors more involved. Um, Without the contractors, what what is this organization? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a contractor-led, so, contractor-driven, contractor-focused organization. And, and uh, that that here is my belief. Now, whether other people agree with me, I don't know. I know we have we have major discussions like this from time to time, and yeah. I know time is limited for contractors. They're getting more busy too. But um, if you if you really believe in the organization and then you're going to have to put a little bit of uh, sweat equity into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a, it can be a tall ask, I think, especially in today's marketplace where you know, you've got yeah, you know, the economy is so strong that and we've got such a demands on labor and we've got this growing you know skills gap that's there that that that's part of the the issue that we ran into even with with A&T acutely um, is is uh, that volunteer ask. And that time commitment, which really then relates back to the time commitment ask, is is uh, proving more and more difficult um, in today's uh, demands and in today's culture, you know, where where folks are at, and probably will continue to be. Right? I mean, we, I, this thing isn't slowing down, is it, George? It's this <laughs> this industry, this world, and this this uh, you know, the contractors. I think yeah, it, it's just going to continue to have. More demands, more integration of technology, more time constraints on it. So it's it's a balancing act with that too to figure out how do we 
how do we engage folks and how do we um, execute on all the, the things that we do to provide the best value that we can and serve the mission and serve the, the, the students and serve the contractors of this organization with, with everything that we know and everything that we see coming in the future. Um, but uh, but we're, we're dedicated to it uh, each and every day, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, the contractors are basically, from my standpoint, are our customer. Mm-hmm. If, if we provide them with a well-trained workforce, then we've met our customer needs. And then that kind of flows down. If, 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 if we've met the customer's needs, which is the contractor, and the contractor satisfied, the chapter should be running smoothly. And if the chapter's running smoothly, the national should be running smoothly. So, like I say, my focus is what the contractor needs and wants. Uh, I, I hear all the time, well, who's your customer? And I get various opinions of that, but uh, I still focus back on the, my customer is, uh, is the uh, contractor and the product that I'm producing is the electricians to serve his needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Understood, understood. Um, we, we're, 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 um, I know we're pushing up uh, against time here too, but I'm, I'm curious, share a little bit of what, what do you do for fun, George? Well, I have a horse that I like to ride. I've got a pond that I walk out my front door, and I've got fish. I've got uh, one that was caught uh, here not so long ago was uh, seven seven pounds four ounces and yeah. uh, bass. And I got another one that's in there that's uh, five and three quarter pounds. So I I've got some nice fish in my pond, and um, like I say, if you look at my calendar, it's all IEC stuff. So yeah. <laughs> I guess you could, I guess you so could call that. So this is fun. Thing. This is what you call fun. <laughs> yes. Well, we're both bit by the bug on that one because I, I call this fun too. Um, you see it. Well, like I say, as long as we're making progress and 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 we we we, we get this stuff out the door, uh, and you know that 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 that's one of those things that uh, makes it fun. It, it's when you come up against the the, the brick wall and you're trying to figure out how to get over it. Uh, that's what's not so much fun. But yeah, uh, I'm kind of that type of person that thrives on that on that type of uh, problem. So those, those, those challenges. Yep. 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 Understood. Understood. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one too. Um, well, uh, yeah. With the rain there, you've been getting. You probably haven't had much time with the horse, but uh, hopefully it dries up a little bit and you'll get up there. You you ride your horse year round too, even in the snow. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my my best ride is uh is a little a little while ago, but uh uh-huh. it was Christmas Day. Yeah. Snow was on the ground four to five oh. inches and back then I had more than one horse and my granddaughter and I went out for a ride and it was oh. beautiful. Oh you, I just got filled with goosebumps on that one. That it does. It sounds like uh sounds like a, a movie or a postcard even. It just that sounds beautiful. That sounds beautiful. Well, happy memories, happy memories, and there will be many more. There will be many more. Oh yeah. Well, good. Well, well, George, I want to thank you again for for um, yeah, all all your your volunteer commitment, and leadership to IEC, everything you've done for IEC over the years, and will continue to do in the time moving forward. Um, you're you're an asset to our organization, and and um, want to also thank you for sharing your your story. Uh, with us, or you know, we, I know we've just scratched the surface, but um, it's been a real fun conversation. I think, uh, I think folks in the industry that are listening in uh, um, to this will also 
um, get to know you a little bit deeper and, and resonate with you and on different different pieces. And, and uh, you know, we have a ton of, of veterans that have served uh, in the armed forces uh, as well that, that um, can relate uh, to some of your experiences that way and, and also that have been bit by the bug of the, the, the love of IEC and, and driving this industry forward into the future. So, George, thank you for taking your time with us today. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of our listeners out there. This has been another installment of the IEC podcast series, The Electrical Current. You can check us out at IECI.org. And if you're interested in career opportunities within the electrical and systems industry, jump over to MyElectricCareer.com. That's MyElectricCareer.com to learn more and start on your path to achieve all of your dreams.